Hey y'all, welcome back to another Mommy and Me episode. I am Brie Renee, straight from the A. And I am the original Miss Renee from the A. I wish you was born somewhere else, just so I could have my tag around back. But anyways, welcome back to another episode of Mommy and Me. We appreciate all of you guys that have never missed a Mommy and Me Monday since we started out. We've been doing this all year and I'm really proud of us. We've been keeping it going, being consistent through trials and tribulations. And shout out to everybody that um, has been rocking with us on the YouTube, staying up to date with the visuals. But now we have brought you the audio version so you can listen on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we are on channel 85, uh, which is 85 South app. If you have not downloaded it, download it in the app store and subscribe so you can watch it and, you know, become a... 85 percenter that's what they call the 85 percenters all the fans and everybody and they have tons of original content on there as well so check us out over there um but this episode today was something that people actually i wanted to talk to you about but then people also in the comments and in on social media that have been following me and um you know, following us, they wanted to hear us have this conversation because of everything that's been going on uh, recently this summer uh, with my friend Jackie O passing um, so unexpectedly. And, you know, she was a mother of three. And when I tell you a phenomenal, phenomenal human being, like a light, you know how people, some people are just like unicorn, like she was a literal unicorn, a ball of joy. Um, I've never seen Jackie, I've seen Jackie upset one time and she had had a few drinks, you know, but she just didn't like the person and, but she was very honest. She was very clear, like, hey, I don't like you. And that's it. Like, we don't have to be friends. I just don't want to be around you. And the girl couldn't get it. But like, that's when, and I still respected her because she was who she was, no matter who was in the room, no matter what was going on, no matter what everybody else was doing. She showed up with her pink hair, her fluffy socks in the summertime and whatever else she wanted to do she did it fully and in her own uniqueness right and so um I think that's why when you have people who are so big and bright and have these big bright lights and these spirits in their souls like captivates the world it's so hard to lose those people um and I've never seen anything like this where the entire world grieved for Jackie I'm talking about, like, you think somebody's life is so, it's, like, personal or just yours or you don't. I think her her death really showed me how much people can impact people and you never even met them. Like, it was hundreds of people, even this on the YouTube that's checking us out. They like, hey, I found you from Jackie Page. I've been following her forever. Or she inspired me as a mom. Or she showed me that I could have a relationship and chase my dreams and be an entrepreneur and still be an amazing mom. So it's like she impacted so many people. And because of that, it was very hard to lose her. Um, and, and the grief process of it all has been very, I mean, I think there's no other way to describe grief other than hard. Yeah, absolutely. And so people want to hear us or they want to know like, how do we navigate grief or grief I don't think there's one way but how are how do we get through this grieving process what does that look like and what is like grief what are those stages of grief and what does that that mean to you and like what advice do you have for us like going through it because I know 
you know, a lot of people might not know, but we lost, um, our family lost my uncle last year, almost to the date, which is scary, of Jackie. Um, Jackie died May 31st and Buzzo died June 7th. Somewhere in there. So it was like, literally, I was already about to be in grieving again, you know, coming up on the one year anniversary of his death because of what he meant to me and, and, and our family. And then this happened right before. And so it was like double grief. And, um, and I, in a weird way, I'm grateful that I had lost my uncle first because it helped me not be, even though it hurt, like Jackie hurt, like Buzzle took me months, I feel like, to come out of the grief. Well, I don't think you ever really come out of the grief. Um, and I still grieve. I still grieve. Um, it's been a year, and I still find myself sometimes shedding a tear. Uh, I think that's something that, because we're human, we're going to always go through, and it's tough. It's like because we never expected to say or have to say goodbye. It doesn't help any. Um, like we said, you know, Uncle Vaughn was, it was sudden. It was unexpected. It was like, wow, what? You know, uh, the minute he was diagnosed, within two weeks he was dead. Well, the minute we, we found out that he had been diagnosed, it was, you know, Within two weeks, he was gone. And it's like he literally walked into the hospital and never walked out. Right. And that, and that, like, that was. I mean, there's so many parts of this that I don't like. Right. And I mean, it, but, but here's the thing it was out of our control. There was nothing we could do. And I felt so helpless. I mean, I literally was, was at home the night that he passed. I had just found out that there was some, uh, research that they were doing in California and that, you know, it was going to be expensive and I was prepared to, to pay whatever I could pay to try and help prolong or save his life. But I never got a chance to even call the people because the next day, you know, he's gone. Um, so it's, it's a pain that, that, that I don't think we ever, especially when you love that person, it's a difference when I think you'd lose somebody that you you wasn't close to, that didn't mean the world to you. Um, it, it's a different process. But when you lose somebody, like Jackie was an amazing, phenomenal person and a mother and a friend, that hurts deep. Yeah. You know, when I lost Vaughn, Vaughn was my brother. He was my husband. He was my best friend. He was my confidant. He was my rock. He was my, he, you know, he was my everything in that sense. Um it hurts. And so we just have to look at, take every day as a day to, to heal just a little bit more. It doesn't, it doesn't get any easy. It doesn't get any easier, I should say. Uh, it doesn't hurt any less because I think my heart aches just as much today as it did the day he died. I still wake up wishing that I could call him. Me and Mama talk every, you know, every so often. I find myself, and she, you know, likewise telling me, you know, Mama, I miss him so much. I think anybody that loses somebody that you love, you find yourself missing them so much. You know, I, I, I was hurting so bad, especially when you find those moments where you know you would have called them, right? Or you know you could have leaned on them, right? Could or they would have been there, or 
Like even um, I had got an invite to this Barbie event for the Barbie movie. And I immediately like, when I seen the email, I'm like, oh, okay, Warner Brothers. And I'm like, let me hit up. Like I literally went to grab my phone and hit up Jackie, but make sure she was going. Cause it's something that me and her will always do. And it really just like gut punched me. Like I can't pick up the phone and call her no more. Yeah. That, and that's, and that's the part that hurts the most, you know, it's like, I can't see him. I can't talk to him. You know, I, I can't, I, I, I can't have that conversation with him. You know, I can't, you know, pick up the phone and hear him cuss me out or hear his laugh, you know, or, or, you know, and it's just, I find comfort in knowing that one day I'll see him again, you know, on the other side. I I'll, I can't wait, you know. And there are times that I, I even said to myself that I felt so bad and I was hurting so much that I said, you know, if I didn't have my kids, my mom, my wife, my grandkids, not necessarily in that order, I think I would have tried to check out to go be with him. It's just that, I mean, he and I have been like, you know. Thick as thieves. Thick and thieves since we were, you know, 15, 16 years old. You know, and we just, we've been rocking together no matter what happens. You know, he was he was my ride or die. You know, I know that, you know, anything happened, I pick up the phone and call him and, you know, he was going to be there. You know, I, I could be in the midst of the biggest battle there was. You know, he's coming. He ain't gonna he he gonna come ready to you know to throw down and ask questions later, but he he's gonna be there, you know. And then I, even even if I was wrong, you know, he was coming to my rescue and you know he cussed me out afterwards and you know he kicked my ass afterwards, but he was coming. We were gonna get through it and we were gonna deal with whatever. But you know, so I I felt I felt so alone. You know, I felt like I didn't really I I didn't, I don't have that that bit of comfort anymore, you know? And, and it's like, you know, with that comfort gone, it's like, now I gotta kind of navigate it by myself, you know? And uh, while it gets hard, you know, trying to get through it, I feel that he's still my angel, you know? He still watches over me. He still protects me, you know. Um, and, um, you know, you, I've heard them say, you know, that a lot of times that we lose people in order to gain our angels. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that, you know, he's my angel. You know, I got other brothers, uh, other male figures in the family, but none of them. None of them will ever be, you know, yeah. fun, you know. And I think, like, for me, because there are different stages of grief, right, yep. that we go through. Yep. Um, the part that I share very similar with both of these losses is it was anger, but it was it was anger because it was, like, twofold like angry because like why take these beautiful right great spirits 
Right. And these people who are so much to so many people. Right. Or you think have so much to more. You know, I I was angry about that because I didn't feel like they deserve right to go. And it's yeah. like you 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 or like how they went. Right. You know I mean? And it's like you ask God, you know, why do you take these souls when there's so many other unworthy people you could have chosen? Yeah. You know, not that it's up to me to say who should go or who yeah. should stay. But it's like, God, you take, you know, it's like you take the cream of the crop and you leave these dirty scumbags, you know, left still here on this earth doing wrong, doing dirt to people. But maybe it's because they got it right. Yeah. And like, when your work is done, your work is done. Like, you've done it all. You've gotten it right. You know? Yeah, I think that they both, like, it's like God says, come on home. Yeah, like, you know, come on home and rest. We feel like don't deserve to be here. God is still giving them a chance to get it right. Yeah. I, that's what I'm trying to, like, cope. Like, that's what I'm telling myself to cope. But then on the other end of the anger, it's like I get upset because while I know that these two people knew how I felt about them, like, I know for a fact Buzzo knew how much I loved him. I know for a fact Jackie knew how much I adored her, like, in every way. I, I vocalized that, and I have peace in that, but I don't have peace in the fact that I don't feel like I utilized them enough. Like, I don't feel like I, like, with, with Buzzo being, like, my father or a father figure to me, I don't feel like I had enough father-daughter conversations. I don't feel like I leaned on him as much as I could have. Like, I didn't... Like, you really don't know what you got until it's gone. Or, like, even with Jackie, like, you know, she's, like, the reason that me and Carlos even are back talking. She basically begged me to go to their show. And that's when we rekindled after not speaking for four years. And she's the one who posted us on social media for the first time ever um, two days before she passed. So, it's like, she forced us to be together. She forced us to be public. And then it's just, like, she was in a similar long-term up and down relationship with DC. And I feel like I could have used her or utilized her more as a way to navigate through that space. You know what I mean? Well, look at it this way. Because of her, she brought you back. To you, the two of you were able to come back and, and look at and, you know, have a, a relationship and maybe that was that was all she was supposed to do that was you know by her posting you two together maybe that's that's all she was supposed to do you know and, and so it's not like you, you shouldn't look at it as if you 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 could have utilized them more you were you you got out of them what you were meant to get out of them the relationship was what it was like a though. I feel like I didn't get enough well maybe you have grief yeah maybe you didn't feel that you got enough but I think God says that he gave you just enough that you needed from them. Just, to, you know, sometimes he didn't give you the whole shower, but just a sprinkle. You know, just a, just a, just a sprinkle. And that's my personality, because if I like it, I love it. Right. If I like something or someone, you obsessive, and yeah. I, and I want all of it. So I feel like, no, I didn't get enough of it. Right. And, I'm so and, and unfortunately... We don't recognize that while we're living through that. Yeah. We're living the moment. We don't realize 
that we've got to literally sometimes stop and smell the roses. Yeah. We've got to literally, but you know, I'm grateful in that sense that, you know, while Vaughn was living, he and I did a lot of things together. We, we, travel. we traveled together. We we hung out together. We ate together. We worked together. You know, I fired him a time or two. And, you know, he he came we back. Fired him. Fired. Yeah. You know, and but still at that, you know, he knew. And I made it a point, like you said, to let him know while he was living, hey, I love you. I mean, I, I made it a point to make sure I told him on a regular basis how I felt about him. And so that it gave me comfort when he did die to know that I, I, I was the best person I thought I, I was, I should have been to him. Yeah. I wasn't selfish to him. You know, I, uh, we enjoyed each other's company. You know, there are times where I remember I, I was begging him one time to come to the lake with me and he wouldn't come. And I just begged him, please, please, please just, just, just come. We ain't got to do nothing. Let's just come, just sit. And we did that. He eventually gave in and came down and we were just able to just, sit on the dock and just watch the waters. You know, and that to me, I cherish that knowing that we were able to spend so many moments together that I can hold on to the, those memories. And it gives me peace and it comes, because I don't ever want to lose somebody that I love and regret that I didn't um, show them that I loved them, told them that I loved them, you know, spend quality time with them, create those memories. You know, so if you're near and dear to me, I want to be around you. I want to be with you. And that perhaps that's a lesson that we all can learn. You know, when people do mean something to you, then, you know, make take it upon yourself to to show them. You know, that old parable says, you know, give them their flowers while they're living. And that's and that's that's what I I did. That's what I want to keep doing. And that's what I encourage everybody to do. I you know, feel like I definitely gave them their flowers, but I didn't smell their flowers enough. Yeah, maybe. And I don't think, and you know, we just by human nature, I don't think even if you've ever, be ever been enough, because the more you did it, the more you want to do it. So, you know, that's, that's understandable. Um, but grief is a very, very painful process. And I really don't think we ever get over it. I think we, we learn to deal with it more. As time goes by, it doesn't hurt as much, but it still hurts. But one thing I think people don't talk about enough is that, like, you can grieve things and circumstances and phases of your life. Like, I think we only think that you can grieve losing a loved one, mm -hmm. like death. But I think you can grieve loss. Yeah, I think it's general. Can, like, yeah. like being divorced you, like, you went through a divorce you're gonna grieve you're gonna grieve that relationship yeah. that loss of that companionship you know that loss of you know having that unit there yeah and then or the idea of what you planned on thinking it being because that could have not necessarily been the right relationship or the right type of relationship mm -hmm. but still you grieve that unit you know so there's a lot it's of things you can agree like when like when i lost buzzo i agree i had to grieve the plans that i had even jack sheet i had to grieve the plans that i had made in my mind like oh when it's time for somebody to walk me down the aisle it's gonna be buzzo right or or when i become a mom jackie's gonna be at my baby shower jackie's gonna be the mom that i call for 
the so, advice. Right. Yeah, like, right. teach me how to make vegan baby food. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like, she, so I had to grieve those plans that I made that are no longer valid. And I think that when you go through loss, whether it's the loss of relationship or loss of a job or any type of loss, you have to grieve the plans that you made in your head that you promised. That you have to let go of. You have to, like, completely start over. Right. I mean, you have to let go of them. As that, and it's, grief is a part of our living. It's a, and you know, it's a, you know, and, and I say that it's a necessary part of our living because without grieving, get this, without grieving something or someone, you don't learn to appreciate. Yeah, for sure. That other things or other people, you know, so it has a way of, of, of it's a give and take. It's a, you know, it's, it's like trying to find a, a balance there, yeah. you know, uh, your loss of Jackie, but she made you understand and realize that life too short. Yeah. You know, like you, you made, made me appreciate Carlos so much more. Right. Not only just Carlos, but all my friends, but because he had been out of my life for so long and because that Jackie had put that together and then we were back, it was like, I can't imagine going through this. And because of our friends are so intertwined in our lives and careers, it was like, I couldn't imagine going through this and us not being in this space. Right. Like, it made me appreciate his presence so much. Even when he was getting on my nerves, it still made me appreciate the fact that we were back in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. And it put a lot of things in perspective. Right. So do you want to waste time in life, worry about uh, arguing bile or going through you know, what I call the unnecessary bullshit. It's like, it's like I heard somebody say, um, every obstacle presents an opportunity. You know, so I, I look at grief definitely as an obstacle. I mean, it is, it's, it's definitely Some mountain. A, a mountain, you know, major obstacle. But it creates an opportunity for you to get it right while you can. Yeah. You know, so, you know. It's a wake-up call. It's a, Absolutely. That's an opportunity. You know, the wake-up call is an opportunity to get get it right, to go back to the drum board and say, hey, look, you know, I didn't handle that quite. This is how I want to do this. An opportunity for you, you know. I think that. We also don't give ourselves enough grace and we don't give other people enough grace. And I can speak for myself, um, even when it came to giving other people grace when going through grief. Because we don't know, you would think, like, the, they say there's five, well, there were five stages of grief, and then now there's seven. They've acknowledged that there are two more stages. But... Everybody might not go through every stage. Everybody might not go through every stage in that exact order. Some people might, you know, suppress certain things and they come out in different ways or, you know, and I think that knowing when somebody is going through grief and just having so much more patience with them, and I really can attest to that because I'll be honest, like even when I was with Carlos the first time and he lost his mom, I wasn't as, although I was there, and he'll, he even gives me credit for being the woman that was by his side and going to the funeral. I know, and I was way younger. This was 10 years ago. But I know now as a, a grown-ass woman that I could have been more supportive or empathetic 
with him going through losing his mom. Like, I lost my uncle, I lost my friend, but losing your mama, you know, that's a completely different loss. And I, I don't even want to imagine that type of pain. And I feel like we expect people to just, how long you going to sit in this grief? Or, And I was never rude, but I can admit that I could have been better in that way. And it wasn't until I had to go through my own grief and I felt like, my loved ones at the time were, or my love, the person I was in a relationship wasn't there for me the way I wanted to be there. And even when he, when I met my ex and he was going through his grieving, it was completely different than how I grieved. So when I started to grieve, he thought I wanted to grieve the same way he grieved. And it was a clash because it's like, I don't want to drink and party. You know what I'm saying? That's not going to make me feel better. And you might not want to sit here and mope with me or sit in my feelings with me but I need you to be here for me how I'm grieving and not expect me to grieve the way you grieved. No. Or the same way, like, I look at how everybody on social media was attacking all of us. They attacked me for posting Carlos. They're like, oh, you just wanted to post him now because you want to be like Jackie and, and you look like you're, look, you're rude for rubbing this in D.C. face, not knowing that me, D.C., and Carlos done stood outside at Jackie's candlelight, and he was telling us, y'all need to love each other. Like, you, he's telling us, love each other, love each other hard, love each other long. You don't know, you know, because he had, so you think people are supposed to grieve the way you grieve just because you would have took offense to that doesn't mean that he took offense to that. Or right. even when he was going about, um, you know, they started to go back into doing promo, and they were, doing things because they already had to do this promo right. for their Netflix special. Right. And, I, and I saw that part where, you know, they were saying that people are bashing him because he's not on social media crying or letting them see him cry. And, I, you know, and I, and, I, and I text him behind that, you know, and just reminded him, he don't owe the world a damn thing. And, I, no. and, and, that's, and that's exactly what I told him. I said, D.C., you don't owe the world shit. Yeah. You don't, ha nobody, you don't have to tell, no, nobody has to be in that moment with you. Yeah. And, you know, when, and then not tell anybody when you're grieving, no, you don't owe anybody an explanation. You don't, you don't have any requirement that says you have to grieve a certain way or you, the world has to see you grieve a certain way. And no, no. And it's like, when has us as black people ever been able to openly, vulnerably be soft or weak or not even saying it's weak, but like, be vulnerable with everybody publicly. Like, we as people are people of, we're going to cry in the closet, we're going to cry in the car, we're going to cry at home, but when we step out into this world, we're going to put our big girl, big boy draws on, and we're going to face the world head on. And especially when you have been brought up in faith or believing in God, and you know, like, hey, I can't fight this battle on my own. Absolutely. I'm not even pulling from my own strength. That's I'm it. from the Lord. That's it. And he's guiding me, and, and I can't neglect the blessings that he has before me because he did something. And I think also because DC lost his cousin, who was like his best friend, uh, I think two years ago. I remember Jackie was there for him through that. So I think sometimes when you get that prerequisite grief, it kind of prepare you to handle the next, next grief. Yeah, because, because at the end of the day, if you, and this is what I love about DC too, because you are God-fearing. You know who you are, whom you are, and who holds you. Yeah. So, and we, and when you have that type of relationship with God, no matter what you're going through, you have to acknowledge that God got you. 
no matter how painful it is that you know you've no, no matter what pain you're feeling no matter how painful it is you know the situation you're going through no matter how broken you may feel no matter how shattered your life may be no matter how many tears you're crying no matter how much you you may not understand it at that moment but your faith teaches you that through it all Though they slay me, yet will I trust him. Yeah. And so no matter what I go through in my life, I don't care what happens, yet will I trust him. So when I'm hurting, see, it's easy to praise God and give God the glory when when, 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 when you've got money. Yeah, when the sun is shining, you got money in the bank, you know, you're eating the finest of, of, of restaurants, you're driving the fattest cars, you know, you, you're balling out, you travel. It's easy to praise God and trust him there, but it's the difficult times when you're grieving. It's the difficult times when you've lost your loved one. It's the difficult times when you're laying in that bed by yourself, you know, two o'clock in the morning and nobody else is there and your heart is aching. Yeah. And you're crying your eyes out and you've got to cry yourself to sleep. You know, you wake up and you got bags under your eyes. See, you know, and it, and it, you're feeling like you don't want to go on with your life. You're feeling as if your world has been shattered and things have come to an end and you don't know how you're going to make it through the next day. You see, I tell you now, I were days I just wanted to just stay in the bed. Yeah. There were days I, I just didn't want to move. And I think you know, it's fair to take those days. It, yeah, 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 yeah. No, that were, day, that were days, you know, people call you and say, hey, you know, let me know if anything I can do for you. Then, and that's just what we do as people. Yeah. Our way of saying I know what I need. Right. It's like people. People do that out of out of courtesy and out of out of generosity. But I try not to do that. I try not to call a person and say, "Hey, just let me know." Because number one, knowing who I am, I'm never going to call you and say I need anything. Yeah, I'm not going. to I'm never going to ask for anything. I'm never going to say, "Hey." Help me do that. I'm never. I'm not the one to ask. Yeah. So, I try not to, to be so cliche as with you know with people. Hey, let me know. If I just simply, hey, I showed up because I, I want to spend some time with you. Well, hey, come on, let's me and you go hang out. You know, those are the things just to get their mind going. And, you know, the freedom up or you know, I, I'm I'm that type of person. You know, but I I'm not one that you know think that everything's gonna be okay because. I know that I've got to rely on that faith in God to get me through it. And that's why I get And you know, and and and, and I, I just I just think that, you know, we as people have to understand that, you know, grief is a crippling, crippling situation, a process. And only through God's strength, his grace and his mercy, sometimes can we deal i'm not gonna say come out of it i'm gonna say deal with it but it's a day by day process i, I have to give credit to both of my friends um both dc and b simone because their faith during this time made me be like oh baby you got work to do you gotta grow because here i am and i'm not judging myself but because i'm in a different space in a different walk with god or even like i grieve differently but I was angry, like with anger being one of the we all stages. But I got angry at God. Uh, you know what? And they, they never, I never saw them, either of them. They were like, I have peace or 
I've gotten angry with God too in my grieving process, but that anger is because I can't change it. God, you know, I'm angry because, you know, I, I, I just, I didn't want that. To, I'm angry because, you know, I didn't want that to happen. I'm angry because, you know, I, I don't understand. I'm angry because there's so many others you could have taken. I'm angry because I'm hurting. I'm angry, but God, I know I can't question you. God, I know that I know you know me. I know you know what's best. I know they're in a better place. And that's what I, you know, a lot of times when you get angry, you have to remind yourself that God doesn't make a mistake. Hey, what people think. I realize that God doesn't make them. He takes the ones that he needs. God don't, you know. But are you sure, God, that you crossed all your T's and not all your T's? I can't question him. What did I just, what did I just say? Yeah. yeah, you you slay me yet? Well, I trust you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I gotta I gotta work on that. You gotta I got I gotta and yeah, and it's like God, I'm hurting okay. so. But I mean, there've been even personal tragedies in my life, and I'm going, God, I'm hurting so much. God, the pain is overwhelming. It's yeah. it's it's wearing me down. God, I, I just I need help. Please help me. But you know, yet I know I've gotta trust you. I gotta trust God because I don't know what else to do because I can't fix it. I, I can't I can't change it. I've gotta I've gotta rely on him for that strength. Well that's actually like um speaking of the seven stages of grief, like it's shock, which I definitely felt I think I felt more shocked with Jackie than Buzzo, only because he had it had happened so suddenly. But me, yeah, I'm I when I'm in the hospital with Bunzo and they he codes out that day and I'm standing in the room like what what the hell yeah and I'm I'm trying to figure out did this just happen you know yeah why is this happening and you know I didn't couldn't somebody prepare me and tell me that this nobody knew nobody understood nobody you know could could tell us that that was happening and I'm just that was a shock and then I wasn't in as much shock with Buzzo because he was sick for two weeks and even though it happened so fast, he every day it was like he was getting gradually or rapidly worse. And so with me, you know, I was there like every other night overnight. Like I was doing overnight shifts and just being there overnight and just seeing like just how uncomfortable he was, you know, and like with it being hot in there, it was the middle of the summer and he was hot and I like would have to stand over him and fan him and he went from having a full conversation with me one day to not being able to speak. You know, within two days, though, it was like, I was, I think God was preparing me because I wasn't prepared for it, even at that. I, I was still expecting him to make a full recovery, to come out, and I was expecting that we were going to go get treatment and he was going to be okay. So no, I, I I didn't expect that. And then when it happened, I felt, you know, like the wind had been taken, you know, away. I it, I couldn't get my breath. I, my air was so short, I couldn't breathe. I couldn't I couldn't talk to anybody. I couldn't really tell anybody how I felt. I didn't could, you know, I I I just I had this I, I had I had this feeling I just I needed to be alone. I needed to just not have anybody talk to me. I didn't want anybody to say anything. I didn't want anybody to tell me how they were feeling. I just needed to be alone. 
and I needed to have my own conversation with God and I needed to be able to 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 process that all. I think that's part of like that denial. They say that's a part of grief too. Like like you said, like I don't wanna believe this is happening. I know I was like that, especially like with both of them. I was like, I can't believe this happened to Buzzo. It happened so fast. It happened, you know, so quickly with Jackie. It was like, I don't want to accept the fact that th- these three children are don't have a mother anymore when they had one of the most amazing moms ever. Or I don't want to accept that I can't pick up the phone and call these people no more. Right. Right. You know, and I tell you, that's another stage. Yeah. You know, I would, <laughs> I, I was like, you know, he used to make sure that he brought breakfast every Sunday morning. And then and then even in working every day, um, he would come say, What what are we, what are you having for lunch? And I'd be like, I don't know. Okay, I'm going to such such and that's what you're gonna eat. So sometimes he wouldn't even say, He'd just come back, here's your lunch and I'd be like, Well, I don't want to eat it, you know. So it, you know, it's like I miss I miss that. I miss him. You know, he and I would fight like cats and dogs. You know, we could have a knockout drag out, but there was never a question that he loved me. And I hope and I pray that he knew how much I loved him, you know. And uh, I think he did. I'm, I'm, I feel good about knowing that I, I tried to make sure that he knew I loved him and cared for him, you know. Um, and that's all we can do is to try to live our lives in a way that the people that we share it with know that we love them and we cherish them. And, um, you know, we try to hold on to the memories. Yeah. We talked a little bit about like the shock, the denial, the anger, but they say another stage is like bargaining. I don't really know what. Do you feel like, how do you bargain? What does that, that stage look like? I don't know, because it's not like you say, okay, God, if you bring them back, right? you let them live, then I'll do X, Y, and Z. I don't know. Or maybe they're saying that, you know, you say, okay. I know what the process of bargaining is, but I don't know how you bargain when you've lost somebody. Yeah. So I don't know maybe what that looks like loss of those other type of griefs like all right god if you give me one more shot at like if you get divorced and you feel like all right god if you give me one more shot at another relationship i promise i'll do this one completely yeah it, maybe, maybe that's it yeah not in that, that regard you know but uh, or maybe if you were in a situation where it could have been you you know what i mean like he says that you you had a near-death yeah. experience and you say okay god i get it I'm going to... Um, That's the only way I can see bargaining. Like, yeah, I'm going to do better. I'm going to change my ways, you know? Yeah. That's, but the next or the, another stage is depression. Oh, yeah. I can I can attest to that part, that one. I think a lot of people hit that. Yeah, I think you hit that, that part, whether you go into... And the thing is, like, we don't... A lot of us as black people don't even know the, the signs of depression. 
Yeah. We don't know that depression shows up in a lot of different ways yep. for different people. So yep. you don't even know that this person or you yourself are depressed. Yeah. You don't know how to identify that because we've never been given. Right. The, and we, it's always been, it's been to accept that. It's been a stigma, you know, to say that, you know, if you're depressed and you're crazy or something's wrong with you. And I think that if you're honest with yourself, we all go, we've all been depressed for one reason or another. And I can truly say, having lost my brother was a deep depression for me, you know, but I had to find something to focus on to get me out of that, you know, getting up every day, coming to work or getting up, you know, uh, every day, focusing on something, focusing, finding that additional something or someone to focus on. And, and it, whether or not that someone's consider passing it on to something else, maybe it is. But I had to find something to focus on to keep going. And then that, in a sense, allowed me to kind of put up that wall, that block, that bridge. That or said, gives you a, a outlet or a, a mental break. Yeah. When you got something else to focus on. And that's why I felt the same way. Like I definitely went through my own version of depression and I even suppressed my depression for a while last year because I had gotten a new job and it was my dream and it was fun and new and exciting. So it gave me, like you said, that outlet and that space to put that energy. But I didn't realize like you still got to deal with that depression. Yes. So. I was like slowly boiling, boiling, boiling until like last December I was about to explode and it was like, like I was at my wit's end yeah. because I have, hadn't allowed myself to go through that depression. But I think it's it's a, such a fine line and a, and a balance and a tightrope of finding an outlet or distraction and allowing yourself to feel and be in the moment and go through that phase because if you hit that phase you still got to go through it and you know what let me say this too people don't be afraid to go talk to somebody yeah don't be afraid to pick up the phone and make it make an appointment with a mental health uh counselor or psychiatrist psychologist or grief ca anybody that you can pick up the phone and call make an appointment go sit and go talk and share these feelings and these emotions to help you navigate that space because, you know, I've done it. I had, I picked up the phone and called the therapist because I was just way, I mean, carrying so much. Yeah. The pressures were so real, you know, so don't be afraid to pick up the phone and call somebody, talk to somebody. You don't have to carry, you know, carry that grief along. If you need that, 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 that extra ear, then get it. It's okay. Yeah. And there's so many affordable ways to get therapy and help and talk to people. Yeah. You, you got you to gotta reach out and get that therapy. I am a proponent for therapy. I think all black people deserve therapy. Yeah, because therapy helps you navigate, to see things in a different way, to focus on everything. See, my thing... You my a different perspective. Different perspective. Because, see, one thing my, my, my therapist told me was that I am a person that always got, always have had to figure it out. If something went wrong, I need to figure out how to fix it. I'm not, something's going, I need to figure. I've got to be the one to figure out to handle everything. Somebody has a problem at work, they come to me to fix it. My guy's kind of, him is right. I need to figure out how, I got to, I'm, I'm the fixer. I'm the go-to. Yeah. Then she, some problems that you can't fix. Right. And then she, she, she had, she made me realize that, hey, 
it's okay if I don't have the answers. It's okay. Focus on the things that I can change one little thing at a time, one day at a time. Quit trying to fix so many things out there. Figure out and focus on today. What's important for me to deal with right now? From right now to within the next hour, within the next, you know, couple of hours, within the next day. Focus on the little things, you know. And so that helped me to decompress, take a lot of things off my plate, you know, focus on the here and the now. Because, see, I would find myself worrying about what's going to happen months down the road, what's going to happen weeks down the road, to whereas I'm, I'm living I'm living in this big, dark space. Of anxiety. Yeah. It's literally anxiety. Yeah. It's, I'm living in this dark space, with, in that place that I can't control. Yeah. So I had to get out of my own head. I had to focus on right now. I can't, I, I can't worry about two months, six months, a year down the road. I got to worry about right now, right here today, right here now. That's the only thing I'm going to focus on. Because whatever happens down the road, I can't change no way. Yeah. And I think that it's okay to allow yourself to have those distractions like work or family or kid, whatever you find as like, because like you said, I remember feeling a relief of having somewhere to go so I didn't have to sit in my head or in my thoughts. Right. I had somewhere to put energy. Right. You know, and I, I I know when we were going through, and I say we as a, because I feel like my friends, my 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 boyfriend, his friends, we all went through losing Jackie together. Mm-hmm. It made us closer as a friend group, but we went through that together. And I think that um, I remember when it first happened, Carlos was like, we have to cancel the entire summer of shows. I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to ask, like, we, we can't make him work when he's grieving someone like or going through something like this and i told carlos well wait he might not want you to cancel you know what i mean he might want a couple shows canceled but he might want to work because i knew i wanted to work you know and then after talking to him he was just like yeah like i want to he was like yeah let's cancel the first i think they canceled maybe like two weeks of shows um because shout out to jackie she's the only person i know who had two whole separate funerals i'm talking about two whole caskets Two whole hours. Like, she had the whole nine. But um, just going through that, like, he definitely took that time, that immediate time. And I feel like we all grieved her hard for, like, that first month. And then he, towards the end of the month, he was like, all right, I'm ready to go back to work because I want somewhere to put this energy. I need something to do so I don't go crazy. Like you said, so I don't, so I got somewhere to get out of my head. So I got somewhere to, like, really express myself or just take a break. Because we'll like mentally, you can think your way into the deepest and darkest of holes. Absolutely, and it's so hard. And it's so. And once you get in that hole, let me it's tell you, hard it's hard to get out. Get back out. Because 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 when you get in that hole, you lose sight of your faith. You lose sight of the fact that hey, God still got you. Oh, back. Because you start you, to live in your feelings. Right, and you and you lose sight of the fact that hey, no matter what tomorrow brings. Somebody's going. Somebody's got me. Yeah, you know God's gonna. God's gonna take care of me. He's gonna provide. It may not turn out. It may not look the way I wanted to look. It may be different. It may be you know, 
uh, uh, a different scenario than what I had hoped for. But my faith teaches me that it's going to be all right. Yeah. Regardless, I'm going to be okay. I think that's part of like the the next stage of grief, which is like the acceptance and the hope. Like once you kind of have are on the upside of the depression and coming out of it, you start to accept like, all right, I, I gotta trust you, God. I can't change this. I, I there's no going back from this, and I gotta find the silver lining or the the brighter side of it. And I think for me because these people meant so much to me on a personal level, my hope came or my acceptance came from one, I can't change it. But then two, it was like the best thing I can do is to live in a way that honors them for the things that they either taught me or showed me or wanted for me. Right. So like well, Buzzo or Von, both him and Jackie, they always told me to speak up for myself. Like Jackie fought like, we would have side conversations and, you know, Buzzle always was like, he always spoke his mind. They both always spoke their mind. Right. But, um, I wonder if they signs are like the same. He was a Virgo. She was a Scorpio. I don't know if that's like, like how we both are fire. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's like birth, both. I don't know. But they both were like that. They both were like very outspoken advocates for their feelings. And what they were and weren't going to accept. And they never wavered on that. No matter who was around. Now, Jackie might have put a lot more sugar on it than Buzzo did. Oh, he didn't put sugar on it. He didn't put sugar on shit. I mean, he, <laughs> he, but you know, I think that from losing them and, and that's a lesson that's something that they always wanted from me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to work on speaking up for myself. And Jackie used to tell me like, she was like, Brie, you don't really complain about much. So if you have a problem, you genuinely have a problem. <laughs> like, you that's don't tell yourself that you're tripping because you don't be tripping about nothing. So it's not like you're someone who always just has a problem. If you feel that way, say it because it's wrong. You know what I mean? Or speak up for yourself. So I think my way to honor them is both is to, you know, speak up for myself more and, and be an advocate for myself and unwavering and how I feel, what I think. And also to like, they both lived life the loudest bright you know what I mean they both and they both threw good parties <laughs> they both threw like Jackie party always had a theme mm -hmm. we had popcorn and pajama that was a movie night mm -hmm. you know what I mean at her house we would have like little cookouts and and she was so proud to become a homeowner and to have this beautiful home with the pool in the backyard and she had worked so hard because and she was so grateful you know because she expressed us and even she shared on like her YouTube and um, TikTok said, like, she didn't grow up in a home. Jackie grew up in trailers and hotels and, you know what I mean, like uh, uh, moving around, like, unstable. And so for her to be able to provide her children in her early 30s with a home that's, like, in a nice, I'm talking about gated, you can't even get in the neighborhood without giving them your driver license type of gated community. Like, she was so, she worked so hard for that. And, um, she was just so grateful. I just want to be more grateful and more appreciative of the people while I have them. And I think, um, like I said, taking different parts of their personalities, I want to throw better parties. I think that's why my Juneteenth cookout was so important to me too. It's like, no, I have to continue this gathering, at least 
You know what I mean? It might not be often, but I need to at least once or twice a year, I need to throw something where it spays on the table for Buzzo. It's kids in the pool or, you know, food and everything or a theme or whatever for Jackie. Like, I want to celebrate their lives and their legacies yep. by carrying on parts of them in ways that they impacted me. Oh, yeah. Well, my love, you've got some pretty big shoes to fill. If could nobody throw a party like them, too. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. He would, uh, I mean, he would decide to have a party at 5 o'clock Friday afternoon, and by 7 o'clock, there would be no standing room in the house. <laughs> you know, there would be nowhere to park on the street. All the neighbors, you know, houses and stuff, would, you know, we would utilize their parking lot, so their, uh, their driveways. So um, you got some pretty big shoes to fill. I might not be as good as them, but I will do more because of them. What ways have you um, carried out hope or, like, found a silver lining through grief? Even, like, losing your sister. Uh, losing my sister, I was, years ago. Yeah, I was much, much, much younger. And that loss uh, did send me through a very, a very deep depression. Um uh, that I literally had to work my way out of. I've never been one to handle grief that well. I mean, um, I've learned a little bit over the years, but I've, um, because I love so hard, losing my loved ones have really, really been difficult times for me. So um, the silver lining is I've always looked at it as an opportunity to try to get it right. You know, um, I'm still here. My sister, when she left, I looked, I took that as an opportunity to do something right. And I think I, I did that. Um, losing Bonzo was again, another opportunity to continue to try and get it right. You know, it makes you realize that you've got loved ones in your life that, that are near and dear to you. And you've got to cherish those moments and try to continue to get it right. Um, it's unfortunate that death makes you look at life a little differently, but it does. Um, and it makes you reevaluate what exactly is important in life to you. You know, I think loss does that. Right. You know, uh, what you begin to look at what you cherish most in life a little differently. You begin to think about uh, people differently in your life. You, you you use it as an opportunity, to, like they say, to try and get things in order. Mm-hmm. Like spring cleaning or re- re-prioritizing. Yeah, you try, you try to reprioritize things. And even though, like, and I say, I think loss does that because if you lose a relationship or even, like, with all of our stuff being stolen, like, even though that's nowhere near the same type of feeling, but I'm saying the loss of it made me realize I don't care about my Louis Vuitton duffel bag right. or book bag. I'm hurt because you stole my memory card right? with my last moments with my friend on there. Right. You get what I'm saying? Like like you said, you think in, before you lose things, the that most you- valuable thing would be the duffel bag that may, maybe cost you $2,500, $3,000, but it's a it's a fifty dollar memory card that had all of our memories on there from the last year or so. Yeah, right. 
that's the emotion. Birthday moments, my last birthday with her. You know what I mean? So it's like you realize, like you said, it forces you to do inventory on what really, really, really does matter. It's like I don't care about those things. I want if I could get that memory card back, right? Or if I could just have one more phone call, right? Like it's I don't remember. Like of course I do remember things that Buzzo bought me. Like he bought me my first Mariah Carey CD, and he bought me books and. You know, he took me to concerts and stuff like that. Like, I remember that. But it's like if I could just have certain conversations with him, like you realize like those things, what really, really matter or impact you the most mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you go through that. Mm-hmm. And then you, I find myself constantly remembering things that he said to me over the years, you know. Um, some things are funny. Some things I, I, I would dare not repeat. Yeah. Uh, and some things, you know, he said to me that have truly come to pass and I and I'll be the first to say if he was here now you know and he haven't warned he warned previously warned me about a certain scenario a certain situation or a certain person you know you know I find myself saying those type of things and realizing that he wasn't all you know we may have disagreed about you know about some things but he had a method to his madness you know and it can't always came from a place of love yeah you know even in his his harshest criticisms of me always came from a place of love. Even when we had knockout dragouts about the least little things, it came from a place of love, you know? So, you know, we live and we learn. I'm just grateful that, you know, God gives us another, each day presents another opportunity to try to get it right as best we can. Yeah. And the, the processing of the grief, and I think once you get through that, they say depression is the hardest stage. It might last the longest. It's the toughest to come out of. But once you get through that and you get to the acceptance and the hope and just fully processing everything that you, I think I'm in that phase of like I'm processing everything I went through because I went through that depression as well. But now that you through that, you can make it. And I ain't going to say like the next loss won't be as hard. But you're more equipped and you're more, you give yourself more grace. Yep. Everyone going to be different. Every loss going to hit different. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And you can't judge yourself or others based off of how they grieve. How they grieve, when they grieve, how long it takes them to grieve, um, the way they are going through different states. And you can't have any expectation of their grief. No expectations. Allow them to grieve the way they grieve. And just be be kind because you never know when you're going to, we all going to have to lose somebody. Yep. I don't know, you remember Life, um, the movie Life, like at the end with Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence when they were in prison? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was like all the people that were in prison and then at the end they just like made them disappear like this person died. This person, like the, the whole, like they, and it's just like, after losing these people, it made me realize like every single person that I love is gonna have to go at some moment. Yeah. And each of those times are gonna feel completely devastatingly different. And I'm gonna have to go through all these stages all over again. And that is like, why? <laughs> why would you make me do this again? God, what kind of cruel sick punishment is this? Yeah. But it's like, it has lived to die, my love. Yeah. And that's, um, even my friend Megan, she, you know, she always in the Bible, 
but in her word, and she was like, that's the one promise. He gave us two promises, now and death. Them the two promises he gave us, now and death. So it's like, I did warn you. Like, I didn't know you meant so Slow down. I need 75 years with everybody I love. Maybe even longer. Yeah. yeah. But we don't get the truth. Nope. Okay. Well, I think it's time for, for the record. You have any for the records? For the record, I don't think anyone should be ashamed of any feelings that they they may experience going through a grieving process. I don't think you owe anyone any explanation about the way you feel. And it's okay to have those feelings, no matter what those feelings are. Yeah. It's okay. And you're not crazy and, you know, you're not alone. Yeah, I think my for the record is actually to the people on the opposite end of that. Like, for the record, you don't get to judge anybody else's process. No. You don't get to judge anybody else's feelings. So be kind. And even if you feel inclined to think it or to feel it, you ain't got to say it. Right. You don't got to. You sit there and type out some negative shit to say on the Internet or, you know, to verbalize something negative to somebody who you know going through something. Just because you don't like the way they going through it, like for the record, all of us took this hit hard in different ways. And not one, being this close and being on the inside of my friend group and everybody, like not one single person would have wished for this in a million years. So it's not like, oh, I wanted this to happen so I could have Jackie's quote unquote life. With, like people said stuff like that or even with B. Simone people were like oh this she used this to capitalize and make money off her close that's not nobody is thinking like that like you guys are weird to even for the record you're weird if you think this way or you feel like people would take such a tragedy to monopolize on you know what I mean or for you to that's their own warped thinking that's yeah. the way they think that's that's their own sadistic minds. That's weird. Sadistic. Yeah. And so just be kind because you don't know what you're saying or how it will affect somebody. And what if your negative comment is the one thing to send them over the edge while they're in the middle of that depression? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think it's time for I want to know. Or you get to ask me anything you want to know, and I have to ask you something I want to know. And if y'all want to know something, we're going to drop an email below, and you can send in your questions so we can let you know what you want to know. I want to know, um, what are some of the new exciting things you got coming up? Oh, absolutely nothing. Not <laughs> no, um, we get it ready to kick off season two, uh, well, season part two of season two of black girl stuff which is exciting um and i'm really i have so i keep hearing even though you've always said this i hear god louder um with telling me to write so like i've been even though oh lord 
I've been saying, but no, but I didn't know how to write. And so now that I have a format and now it's like, okay, I can go in and just plug these thoughts in no matter what the project is, I can go in and whether it's a movie or a script or whatever, I can go in and put, I have a, a syllabus on first you write, you know what I mean? It's like when people like write, it's like, okay, I don't know where to start. But now that I know where to start, I'm excited to pump out these projects. So I have another one film that I've already finished that the script is being written right now for the through the writer. And um, we got a couple projects that we working on, but I also have like, two other projects that I'm like, all right, it's time for me to write those outlines so that I can continue to just roll these projects out. And so I'm looking forward to producing and starring in my own content more and, you know, be becoming the opportunities that I want given to me. Wonderful. And a new relationship, trying to balance that and find my new version of myself in that with being a a a working woman and you know still maintaining some level of independence while joining my life with somebody and incorporating their you know what I mean so it's like just balancing and redefining what the future looks like for me okay but all in all taking it all into my own hands more I think I've been sitting back waiting now it's time to take the low, take the bull by the horn. No one's coming. Wow. <laughs> I thought someone would be here by now, but at oh night, God. shiny armor, I've told you all your life wasn't coming. Yeah. You finally realize he ain't showing up. Okay. Yep. So just trying to figure it out and really implementing that. Okay. But I'm excited because I do feel like that next level is right there so close I can I, it's like I can feel the ceiling and I'm about to just punch like I finally got tall enough where I'm touching the ceiling okay but now it's about to be time to like bust through it okay and I feel like I got angels now to guide and help and you know oversee everything the movie Scheme Queens is out now on Amazon Prime so just seeing that go from very beginning stages start to finish and being now available to the masses is fulfilling. And now I'm like, all right, chasing the next high. I want to do it again. Okay. Wonderful. I want to know, what do you want for me more than anything else in this world? For you to achieve everything you desire in life. That's what I want. That's always a mother's dream. For you to, to go beyond your wildest dreams, your wildest thoughts, whatever. I want you to, 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 to be able to taste and see your success, whatever that looks like for you. I, wa I want those things for you. I want a yacht. I want you to be able In to Dubai. get I want you to be able to get a yacht. <laughs> Look, I want you to be able to buy yourself a yacht in Dubai. Oh, private jet. I want you to be able to wear my... Silk PJs on the PJ. I want you to have those silk PJs on the PJs. I want you to have your private jet. I want a full-time chef. I want you to have a full-time chef. I want dollar amounts to mean nothing to me. Like, who looks at the price tag, honey? Okay, don't ever get to that point. No, I'm saying if you... Was... Then you'd be wasteful. No, that's what. Mm. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I want I want nothing but your success for you. No, but all in all seriously, I think that things don't really matter as long as I get to wake up every day and choose to do what it is you want to do. Well, yeah, and enjoy doing nothing. it. If I choose to do nothing, but and I'm enjoy doing okay. it. Yeah, right. and I enjoy want that doing it. Time freedom. Yeah. I don't want to have to do anything I don't want it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I have to come film, but I enjoy it. Or, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to, you want to be able to, yeah, you want a job I hate. Yeah. You want to be able to call your own shots. That's all I want. Yep. And can't nobody tell me, nah. Okay. Well, this was a really good episode. Thank y'all for tuning in to this week's Mommy and Me. Of course, do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel so you can catch every single episode dropping on Mondays on um, my YouTube. But also you can catch the audio versions dropping ahead of time so y'all get a little special, special on Apple and Spotify. And then you can always catch up on everything, every episode that you might have missed and, you know, join the 85 Percenters Club over there on the 85 South channel and app and... Yeah, we appreciate y'all. And, you know, hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully you gave yourself a little bit more grace or someone else that you know might be going through grief. And, hey, it's not a one-size-fit-all cookie cutter. We still getting through it. It don't ever go away. You see, we almost teared up and cried today. And Buzz up been gone a year. Yep. Jackie been gone a couple months now. It still was hard. Yep. And I think it, it's gonna always be hard because these people have impacted you so so much, and their legacy and lives will continue to live on through us. So we definitely want to dedicate this episode to both of them, um, Lavonzo Robinson and Jacqueline Smith. You are missed, you are loved, and we will always always remember you. All right, guys, I love you. Until next time, love you all. Peace.